I'm on top of the fucking world. I'm living my best life. Uh, there's a fucking slight breeze. Uh, it's still hot as fuck outside, but at least there's a breeze, right? I just walked five miles. I've done my push-ups. I did my sit-ups. I did my squats. I've drank a beer. I'm smoking a cigarette. I'm out in my truck just fucking enjoying the world, about to fucking drive down the road after I you know, got to kick back at least six beers just so I'm good and steady at the wheel. Um, this is uh, Biscuits Buttered with none other than Victoria Vandenberg, and uh, everything's going good in Victoria's world, alright? Everything is going good right now in Victoria's world. Besides, you know, uh, on the Raul front, for y'all, for those of y'all that don't know, if you don't listen to this podcast weekly, uh, which you should, uh, just as a reminder that, uh, you know, you probably have a great life compared to mine. Uh, on the Raul front, you know, Raul's, you know, he's got this new job. And he's like texting me about it, like, oh my God, it's horrible, you know, I don't like this job. Blah, 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 blah. I'm sitting there like, you fucking, you fucking left the town I live in to move to this other town to be with your parents and to have this better paying job. And now you're telling me, oh, I don't like it. I'm going to move back to that small town in Alabama, which I shan't speak the name because I can't handle this new job. And I'm like, but you told me you hated this town. You told me it was an ugly town. You told me you want to move away from this town. You're treated horribly in this town, as I was too. Why would you move back to that town when you could move to Indianapolis with me and live happily? It's the fucking Paris of the fucking Midwest. Indianapolis. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Uh, it has its qualities. You could move to Indianapolis. I, there's a Burger King down the street from my... He loves Burger King. There's a Burger King down the street from my house. You can walk to the Kroger. You can walk to the fucking... Wait, there's a Chinese restaurant down the street. There's the infamous steer-in of Indianapolis. You can go get you a pork tenderloin right down the street from the house. Why would you not want to move to Indianapolis? And now he's sitting here like saying, oh, I don't know, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's taking forever for you to move up there and all this stuff. And I'm like, things take time. You can't just, you know, like, you got to be patient. Well, anyway, so he's, you know, texting me bitching about this. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I think that what you should do is to hold on to that job you got until I close on my house in Indianapolis. Because, you know, I'm not going to... I think the projected closing date's the... Um, I don't want to say the date, but it's soon, right? It was like two weeks, two, three weeks until I close on this house. And it's like you can't even wait that long. You can't even hold on at this shitty job for two, three weeks. And then jump and move with me. Uh, but I, you know, I, I don't know. You know, he's kind of flighty. I, I don't know what to tell him. You know, does, do any of y'all have problems like this in your relationships where there's people that are just kind of flighty and, you know, change takes time. And that, that's one thing maybe I hadn't covered as much on this podcast is change takes time. Like, yeah, I support people making changes in their life for the better and trying to better themselves. But you also got to take into consideration that it takes time. You can't just make 
seat of the pants decisions and just jump from one place to the other so he's basically talking about how he's going to come back to this small shitty town in Alabama and work at this fucking poultry plant because he's he doesn't like his new job and I, I just I just I'm just like honey it's, it's fucking stupid moving back for two two three weeks because you're just gonna have to if, if you're actually gonna move in with me you're, you're just gonna have to move back up and I'm not gonna come down and get you you need to just you know stay stay in Bowling Green but besides from that besides from my headache of this crazy flighty uh, boyfriend I have um, everything's going great I even told him I was like Indianapolis is an awesome city you know you know he doesn't drive and I, I realized the other day they have this thing called Indigo Indigo I, I never really thought about like when I seen the sign like Indigo it kind of sounds like Indigo well anyway anyway I just noticed that um, well anyway the bus stop is right by my house so it's like honey you can literally just the, the bus stop is right in front of the fucking house you can literally go get on the bus and go anywhere you want to because you don't drive and I, I and you claim you're gonna learn how to drive and get a car but I just I don't see that happening you can literally you'll at least you know it's not exactly a subway it's not exactly a train but you know you'll at least be able to get around town without me I even told him, I was like, your parents can even move in. They can drive you wherever you need to go. But, you know, he's just frustrating. He doesn't seem to be able to make good decisions in his life. And uh, I love him to death. But, uh, you know, it's just it's frustrating. It's frustrating. But I told him, you know, you're going to be way better off in this city. And I'm sure that in a city of over 2 million people, you're going to be able to find a good job that you like. And I told him, I was like, there's even a grocery store. Not even like a... It's like a block over. It's like you can go work at the... You can just go stock shelves at the grocery store. You know, there's places you can work within walking distance. Of course, you're not going to make a lot of money doing that, not as much as you would where he currently works doing something on wire, but, you know, you still could bring in money and you don't really need money because you're going to be on my roof and I'm going to be paying all the bills. You fucker. But... No talking any sense into them. We'll just see what happens. Once I get the key, I, we're hoping to move up the closing date. Uh, as soon as I, I think all I got to do is really turn in the money on the house now. Uh, I've talked to the, uh, I've talked to the uh, mortgage guy and got, every, you know, I sent him my W-2s. I sent him all my financial information. You know, he's got everything he needs. They claim they're underwriting the mortgage. So it sounds like now all I got to do is uh turn in the money so and the money's supposed to be in the mail so hopefully i'll get that get it deposited and um uh be able to lock this thing down even sooner than uh even sooner than their projected closing date um so that that's the front on the raul front is maybe he'll move to indianapolis with me he sounds a little iffy at this point so but i'm like are you really gonna move back to that small town live with those people that treated you like shit and you know because he was renting a room at someone's house and they literally wouldn't allow him to have anyone over he he had to be like as quiet as a mouse living there 
and they didn't approve of his lifestyle, obviously. And I'm just sitting there like, why would you live with these assholes? But, you know, and I was like, especially now that I'm going to have my own house and you live with me. But enough said on that situation. Besides that, everything's going great. I'm thriving. I'm thriving. Because a couple of weeks from now, I'm moving to a big city. I'm going to have my own fucking house. Um... I'm going to have, I'm going to be able to go to concerts, comedy clubs. I'm going to be able to go out to great restaurants. I'm going to be able to, I don't know, fucking take a plane somewhere. I'm going to be able to hop on a train, go up to Chicago. I'm going to be able to, um, you know, go for a walk in the park. I'm going to be able to ride my bike around, go walking. You know, they've got the Irvington Halloween Festival. There's just all kinds of great fun activities in my future. So, you know, I'm going to be making more money. I'm going to be making more money. I'm going to be, uh, uh, what else? What else? Oh, yeah. They're even thinking about, they're even talking in the news about getting rid of the Indiana state income tax. And I'm like, shit, well, that, that's even more money that I can put in my fucking pocket. Now, I don't know what would become of the state after they get rid of the income tax, but uh, I'm assuming it would become like kind of a libertarian, anarcho-capitalist hellhole. But, you know, if it puts an extra couple of bucks uh, in my pocket, um, that that's um, all right by me. Because, you know, right now, uh, I think that would save me like, Jesus, like, the amount that I pay now, like if they got rid of the state income tax, that would save me, I think, like five grand a year, something like that. I mean, it's some outrageous number it would save me. And uh, that's money in my pocket, and I support it, and maybe it'll be like the Old West. I don't know, but, you know, fuck it. You know, I, when, when you're not making any money, you'll take any wins you can get. So um, that that's uh, what I'm looking forward to. So fuck it. Don't think about it. Don't think about the consequences of getting rid of the state income tax or what services they'll have to get rid of. Just know that you'll have a little more money in your pocket. River might be toxic, though. Might be breathing in chemicals, but I don't know. Okay, so... I told you we were going to get back to talking about politics and everything else. So we're actually going to talk about the news and politics a little bit today. Uh, instead of talking about my uh, personal life. I guess I need to get everything in my personal life out of the way. That way we can talk about the news and politics. Um, so I'm going up to Bowling Green to see Raul this weekend. I'm hoping to, to uh, you know, really just send him to Pound Town. And uh, after that Pound Town, I'm going to go get some green chili verde somewhere. Uh, that, uh, you know, some really good Mexican food, drink some beer. Uh, I've been wanting to go to that, um, in Bowling Green, they have a dairy farm, like Chinese dairy barn or something like that, and they have, like, livestock and animals and, like, a petting zoo, and, but they also sell ice cream, and that's the reason I want to go there is to eat ice cream and, uh, pet a cow. So, hopefully I'll get to do that this weekend. Uh, if you hear something in the background, that is a military helicopter flying overhead, I'm in Huntsville today, and uh, they're apparently doing military exercises. So that's what I have to look forward to this weekend. Um, I think I've covered everything on the Raul front. Um, 
Burt's Chili showed up last night. We watched uh, The Boogeyman, and I thought it was an incredibly drab horror movie. I wouldn't say it's bad, but it was an incredibly drab movie. Like, the father... The father reminded me of Nathan Felder, only without the personality. And uh, everyone in the movie was just kind of like just drab and kind of bland, and I just couldn't get into it. But I, but I also wouldn't say it was a bad movie. I say it was a well put together and made movie. It's just I could use a little more personality, and you know, like I need to be able to get into the characters. E- you know, either they're irredeemable. Uh, or they're charming or something, but not like just a wet paper sack, not just like bland as fuck. So Nathan Felder without the personality. That's what the dad reminded me of. Um, over the weekend, uh, that's basically all on the Burt's Chili front. He, he came over, we hung out. Uh, he, uh, Burt's Chili does not like Indianapolis, so he's not, uh, planning on, moving up to Indianapolis with me, but I think I'm going to talk him into visiting every once in a while for concerts and stuff like that, so hopefully we can get him up there. Maybe he can do some uh, some uh, travel nursing up there. Um, also watched The White Lotus, season one and season two last weekend. I have to say, I have to uh, suggest this show because it's, it's really good and it's really bad all at the same time. And, um, well, it's not, actually, it's not bad. I don't know why I said that. It's actually just a really good show. And the thing I liked about it is the show is like, you, you're like, why would I, and the reason I put this show off for so long, I'm like, why would I want to watch a show about rich people at a resort? And somehow they made these characters relatable and likable. And, um, you know, the character of Steve Zahn and, uh, you know, his character is very fascinating and he, um, has a lot going on. He's going through like, kind of like an existential crisis. His wife's like a, a busy business lady. His daughter's a piece of shit. Um, and then you have like that rich bitch, uh, that lady, that bimbo that they put in all the, um, oh, I forget her name. Big tittied blonde lady, big lips. They put her in everything when they need a, an older bimbo. She's a very fascinating character in it. And it just, it, 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 it kind of goes into like the characters of uh, the people who work at the resort and then the rich people that uh, work there and the conflicts of everything in between. Uh, and I just really love the show. I love season one. And, you know, at first, when I watched season two, uh, halfway through it, I was like, I don't think this is as good as season one. Is what I was thinking with season two. But then by the time they wrapped it up, I was like, you know, I don't know if it was as good as season one, but it was still pretty darn good. So even though it's like every season, there's like different characters, but there is one return character, that big bimbo lady. Uh, so I would suggest the White Lotus. It's pretty good. Uh, just give it a just give it a try. Because one thing I noticed is that. It gets better as it goes along, right? So the first episode, you might be kind of so-so on it. Then second episode, something might happen. You go, okay, okay. And then third episode, that's when I was like, okay, I'm finishing this. I'm, I'm watching all this through. So um, loved the White Lotus. Would actually suggest the White Lotus a lot. Uh, 
after I finished the White Lotus, I tried to watch the Gilded Age, and I, I think I've got three episodes left. The Gilded Age oh, is, a, is just a really horribly written show. It, it feels like a cheap... It just feels like a cheaply written, badly written show with a big budget. Now, I know that you're like, huh? The show looks like it has a huge budget. And that's the reason I kept watching is because I'm like, well, I do like the sets. I do like the uppity rich people uh, talking down to people and doing deals. But I'm sorry, the writing is just flat. It's horrible. Uh, the char- There's no depth to the characters. Um... I just think it's just a bad show. So, um, I just really, really, really just didn't care for it. I really didn't care for it. Uh, but I'm probably going to try to force myself uh, to finish that piece of shit show because I only got three episodes left. Then they got a new season coming out. So, I'm like, well, maybe, you know, some shows get off to a rough start and take a little while to get going. So, maybe it'll get better. Um, but right now it, it, it sucks pretty bad. So, uh, I'm trying to think if that's all I've watched lately as far as like movies and, um, stuff like that. Um, okay. So we're going to talk about the 2016 election. Uh, excuse me, 2016 election. The, <laughs> the 24, the 2024 election. I don't want to talk about it, but we're going to talk about it. So they took Trump's mugshot the other day. And apparently, after they forced him to do this mugshot, he was able to, like, uh, actually raise $7 million off of the mugshot. And he's selling shirts and everything else. And there's a lot of uh, energy behind Trump right now. And that's the thing that I keep warning these fucking Democrats about. I'm like... There is a ton of energy on that side. They're looking for blood. They're out for blood. They, There's energy there. And he's polling ahead right now. If the election was today, he would beat Biden right now. Even under indictment, he would beat Biden right now. So this idea, you know, and Biden, the thing that drives me crazy about this is that, well, I'll get I'll get into that later. We'll get into Biden later. Okay, right now we want to focus on the Trump mugshot. So to me, when I first seen this Trump mugshot, it looked like the animators of Rocco's Modern Life animated the mugshot. I was like, that has to be like AI or something. Like his face, the proportions, the asymmetry of his face, his hair, it just looks like a drawing from Rocco's Modern Life. And uh, and my friend was like, yeah, it does look weird and asymmetrical and just odd and off. And I'm like, yeah, right? Well, I found out later that apparently Donald J. Trump is obsessed with Winston Churchill. So when he went to take that picture, that face he's making is him doing a Winston Churchill face. He's trying to look hard. He's trying to look tough. He's trying to he's trying to mean mug the picture. And that's exactly what he's doing. He's doing the Winston Churchill face. I mean, and uh, people constantly underestimate him. And I tell people like, "Look, 
you you can call him dumb all you want. He says dumb things. He does dumb things. But he's really good at one thing. And that's getting attention, controlling the media narrative, and just keeping his name in the news. He's he's probably the most inf- now I would say he's the most infamous person to ever live, quite possibly. And I think he will continue to be one of the most famous historical figures uh, probably ever just because he's so you know he's such a notorious figure and he's going to leave just a huge dent in history whether good or bad or you know mostly bad uh, and they just keep underestimating him and if you believe the polls he's ahead in the polls and he's going to beat Biden by an, by an elect college victory whether he's in jail or not apparently because that's how crazy his supporters are they're like they're like ah oh, no we'll, we'll vote for him we'll, we'll send him back so and you know the thing about America for my overseas listeners we got the electoral college so if he wins a couple of those you know Pennsylvania and Michigan places like that if he wins a couple of those he's even if he even if he loses the popular vote He's back in the White House. And that's what we're heading towards. We're heading towards 2016 all over again. All fucking over again. All over again. And it's just so obvious. The thing that drives me crazy about it is it's just so obvious. So, you have Biden not campaigning, not doing interviews, not going out there and getting his message out. He's going around labeling everything like like him and his like campaign, because not really him, because you never see him. His campaign is going around labeling everything Bidenomics. And I'm just like, why the hell would you go out in this economy, this shitty economy, and say and, and put your name on it? It's like, yeah. The employment rate's not as bad as it should be. Yeah, there's been some improvements. But gas prices are high. We're about to go into, according to Warren Buffett and and that Michael Burry guy, we're about to go into a recession. And things aren't good. You know, people are hurting. People, you know, like me, I'm literally moving to another state to get more money. And for cheaper cost of living. I would much rather stay closer to home, but I, I can't. I got I gotta do what's right for me and my in my future. So that's what I'm doing. And him going around labeling everything uh Bidenomics and you know talking about how great the economy is when everyone else is like, nah, I'm paying more for gas, I'm paying more for stuff at the store. Uh, maybe I hadn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't have an increase in my wages, but, uh, a lot of people like the post, uh, not the postal workers, but the UPS had a, uh, increase in their wages. Some people have had an increase in their wages. I haven't seen an increase in my wage because I work for the government and they're assholes and they fucking wait three years or five years before they negotiate another contract. So, I'm still making shit wages. Um, so, I'm not feeling Bidenomics. Fuck you and your Bidenomics. 
So, and then he has, he's like, and Lord forbid, you know, fucking Bernie Sanders. Yeah, Bernie Sanders out there running around, you know, living in this imaginary world where everything's great, you know, trying to like, you know, make arguments for Biden. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, they've completely taken you over. You have Washington brain now. You're out here arguing, you know, stuff that, like, he's out there arguing, like, what about this? What about this? What about this? And it's like, everything y'all did was temporary. There's one thing y'all did good, which I'm about to get to, but everything y'all did, he's just like a zombie now, defending Biden, defending everything they've done. You know, they gave him a little bit of power, right? So I understand why he's having to do this. Because they gave him a little bit of power on that, uh, was it the banking committee? And that's uh, a good thing uh, that that they did that. So he does have a little power. It does sound like he has Biden's ear, but the problem is, is Biden doesn't listen to him because Biden is horrible. And you know, if you're going to run for president. You're going to have to do interviews. You're going to have to do debates. You're going to have to be on TV. You're going to have to go campaign. You're going to have to visit states. And if if you're not capable of that, you're going to lose to a fucking indicted orangutan who might be in prison. So we're going to have a president who's literally running the country from a prison in Georgia. Because if he gets convicted on state charges, he can't pardon himself for state charges. Unless, you know, unless the fucking, which they probably will, the Supreme Court probably will intervene and say, ah, let him out, let him be president, because he put all those people on the Supreme Court, because they just make up the rules now. Uh, So we're heading into a really bad situation where we have an 80-something-year-old man asleep at the wheel who is very arrogant, apparently he talks down to almost all his staff and yells at him and cusses at him, uh, and who is like probably maybe the most retarded politician in American history who literally just stayed around so long that he bumbled his way into the White House. And he is going to lose this, and Trump's going to be president again. That is Victoria Vandenberg's goddamn prediction. I don't want it to happen, but it's what I see I see the wheels moving. I see a slow moving train. The tracks are blown up and it's about to go off the fucking cliff. All right. So, but there are good things that Biden did. You know, a lot of the stuff in that Inflation Reduction Act was uh, temporary. Uh, But they did do the uh, negotiating drug prices for Medicare. Now, I am not, I'm wasn't hot on this plan. I've talked about this plan before because I'm like, why can't you negotiate prices for every fucking body? You know, why why is it always just for like 65-year-olds and up? What about everyone fucking else? You know, you have, I have a friend who has MS. I have other people who have all kinds of medical conditions in my life. Uh, And what about those fucking people? Why does it always go to people 65 and up? Why can't you worry about everybody? Why can't you put everybody in one big pot and say, we're negotiating for every fucking body? But no, it's just, 
But apparently their theory is that they're going to negotiate the prices for Medicare because that's the largest buyer of drugs in the country. And apparently because they negotiate that price, it's going to lower prices for everybody. I don't fucking believe it. I don't fucking believe it. The insurance companies will find a way to set those prices higher. They will find a way to fuck people over. In fact, I know exactly what's going to happen. As soon as... Is they go in and say, oh, we're negotiating the prices on the 10 drugs for blah, blah, blah a year. The insurance company's like, well, we're going to have to raise the prices on everybody else to make up for the prices that we're given for uh, for Medicare. I, this is, it's, insurance is going to go up. The drug prices are going to go up. Everything's going to go up because they find a way. I mean, this is a situation where you have to just take the insurance companies, grab them by the hair, and drown them. Drown them in a fucking lake somewhere. And hide the body. This isn't a situation where you can like, say, oh, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, we're gonna like kinda pussyfoot around. No, they're gonna fuck you. It's what they do. It's what they're good at. They'll find a way. They're smarter than you. They're very smart. They're crooks. Crooks are smart. You're going to have to literally pass a law saying, this is the fucking drug prices. We're negotiating. We're setting them for everything, even private fucking insurance. And you're going to have to deal with it. If you try to wiggle around it, we'll put you in fucking jail. That's the type of law you're going to have to pass for anything to change in this fucking country. But they won't do that. They're going to pass these little tiny incremental laws that take 30 fucking years to get anything fucking done. We were promised a public option 20 fucking years ago. They still had not got it done. This is my problem with this fucking party. People are fed up. People are tired. You got to stop fucking around. Alright? Stop fucking around. It's just like this plan. They set the date out to negotiate on these prices. Guess what? Every, all these companies are suing, saying, Oh, you, you're taking our rights. You're taking our rights as a business. Because we have more rights than everybody else. I have more rights. As a corporation, I have more rights. Than, than a citizen to have a fucking affordable Medicare price. So attacking my free speech to set prices. And I guarantee you, when it goes to the Supreme Court, you're going to have Justice Roberts and Alito and Thomas and Gorsuch and that fucking crazy-eyed bitch sitting there going, yeah, yeah, the federal government doesn't have any power at all to set any prices, and we're just, we're going to have to overturn this law. I guarantee you that's what's going to happen. We're in a situation where they've put radical activists on the court, and nothing's going to get done. I guarantee you they're going to find a way to overturn this. And I'll take it all back. I'll take it all back. I'm hoping that the Supreme Court says, yeah, this is legal. Because it is legal. The law they passed is legal. It's actually a watered-down bill 
that is legal, but because you have activists on the court, uh, they're going to say it's not, and it's going to be this era where there's no federal control over anything, and uh, you know there's no there's no separation of church and state anymore, according to them. So, uh, you know, we we just gotta, you know, this is the thing is. Democrats just pussyfoot around and you really got to just th- these types of people they don't respond to anything but uh, just you know you've really got to punch them in the face I mean I, I honestly think it's getting to the point where if you have the Supreme Court saying the federal government can't negotiate Medicaid prices or can't regulate you know like they're basically they said the EPA can't regulate shit you know, that's the point where you're just going to have to have some some bloodshed, maybe. I mean, seriously. That's the point where people need to be out on the street and just burn down some shit. Because uh, while I'm not advocating that, I'm saying we're at that point to where, you know, we've got so much shit going on and nothing's getting done. People can't afford their medicine. People can't afford their health care. Uh, inflation's horrible and we got all this climate change shit on top of all this bullshit we got China taking over the world Uh, something has to happen something has to change and uh, but let's say in their fairy tale world that this bill does what it's supposed to do one thing I didn't know I think previously I'd reported on this bill wrong because apparently uh, it's not just 10 drugs. They start out negotiating on 10 drugs, and then I think every year they add 10 more and 10 more until they negotiate up to like 60 different drugs that Medicare is going to negotiate the process for. I don't know why they had to set it out to take that long to do, because I feel like a lot of people are probably going to die and be hurt in the process of waiting forever. But for some reason they did that, and that's just the fucking world we live in where they just incrementalism just you know steady state incrementalism you know fucking don't rock the boat type of mentality meanwhile people suffer and you know probably end up dying before they can even get their fucking insulin so uh, that that's the state of affairs in this country okay that's the state of goddamn affairs but apparently, you know, that drug, that bill actually will negotiate up to 60 drugs for Medicare, which they're claiming will lower costs for everybody eventually because they're claiming the insurance companies set the prices by what Medicaid, or excuse me, what Medicare pays for the drugs. I just don't see that happening. I, I'm, I'm too uh, cynical to see that happening. I know the insurance companies will find a way to wiggle out of it. They also just set a new rule in labor, which it's good to finally have some movement on some of this stuff uh, in the party. Uh, they just set a rule to make it easier to like organize uh, if, if you're trying to start a union. So basically there's been a lot of union busting going on. And apparently before they can even, like if someone's trying to start a union, apparently companies come in and do a bunch of union busting, firing people and having meetings and stuff like that and so now they set this new rule where they can't do that basically if 
as soon as they as soon as there's like an order I forget what they call it where people are interested in a union the the, the company then has to recognize the union I think that's going to help a lot uh, just changing the rules and making it easier to organize because um, uh, you know fuck these companies that, you know fuck them all we need some power and I think Biden needs to wake up and actually really start supporting unions in this country, not just saying it, actually doing it. Uh, apparently, we got a downturn coming. Warren Buffett, uh, the Michael Burry guy from the, um, what was that? There's a movie about him. He's basically like an autistic uh, Wall Street guy. Uh, the Big Short. The Big Short uh, is what's about him. And, uh, so he's saying, you know, he's making bets that they, there's going to be an economic downturn. Um, and, you know, this is exactly what the Federal Reserve wanted. They wanted to have a downturn in the economy. That's why they raised the interest rates. That's why I'm having to pay uh, probably $400 more for my uh, house payment that I'm getting because they want to basically break the economy that way they can uh that way companies and corporations can uh they don't basically don't have to pay you that that, that's really the whole point they're they're forcing a recession to break the tight labor market because right now there's a real tight labor market so what they're going to do is they're going to go in crash the economy there's going to be the unemployment rate's going to go up and then these companies can go back to what they were doing when they're saying, "Oh, we're not, we're not going to pay you. You're going to come into work every day, or we're going to fire you," you know, stuff like that. They can go back to all these really horrible labor practices that they were, they've been doing for years. So, and that's basically, what, you know, Larry Summers laid it all out. All these assholes laid it out, and uh, that, that's basically what's going on in our economy right now. So, this is Victoria Vandenberg just laying out. You know, I, I, obviously, I got a degree in economics. I know what I'm talking about. This is just my view of the world as I see it from the uh, windshield of this truck on a hot, windy day in Huntsville, Alabama, with uh, weirdos walking through the parking lot and by my truck and helicopters in the sky. This is like turning into uh, Goodfellas. There's like a helicopter in the sky. There's weird people dressed up walking around my truck. I'm like, I don't think I have anything illegal on my truck, but... Uh, let's hope not, because um, they're about to like raid me or something. Okay, so last thing I'll talk about is shrink. I'm I'm calling it shrinkflation. Everything's shrinking. Like the other day, me and Birch Chiller were at McDonald's. I uh, generously buy Birch Chili a caramel frappe, uh, just a beautiful concoction. It tastes delicious, but it will turn your stomach. Um, and he comes up, and I'm like, I thought I ordered you a medium. And he's like, this this is a medium. And I'm like, that, like, what the fuck? Like, it looks like it's, like, five ounces. Like, what the fuck? And one thing I've noticed, houses are shrinking. It, meals are shrinking when you go to buy food. Everything's shrinking, and we're being asked to pay more for the shrinking shit. Shrinkflation. Everywhere I go, I'm being offered less... But I'm being paid more for it. That's another part of this economy that I hate. And you know what? I thought sending all our jobs overseas was supposed to cure all this. 
I thought sending our jobs to Mexico and and China and everywhere else, we were supposed to be able to produce more for cheaper. But no, the way we've set up our economy with the stock market is every year you got to make more profit. Not only make more profit, you got to make more money. Uh, and what lead, when you have that type of system where every single year you not only have to make a profit, you have to make more profit than the year before, what happens is, is you start offering less for more. That's the only, that's the end game. You have to offer less for more. And that's what's causing all this shit out in the economy. We have to offer less for more. That's when you go to the store and they give you like a one ounce drink and charge you a fucking shit ton of money for it. That's what's going on. It's, it's basically, I think, because of investors, and I, I'm an investor myself too. I, I have a brokerage account. I have a 401k. And I do invest because that's what I'm being told to do to be able to grow my money and be able to retire one day. I mean... You know, other than buying a house, they say, put your money in your, you know, max out your 401k and, and get you a brokerage account and invest your money. That's the only way I know how to grow my money. Because, you know, savings accounts don't have much, don't really make much, and bonds don't really make much. So, you know, you got to go with the stocks. So, that's the way our economy is set up. But it also has this side effect of offering less for more money. And uh, I'm not for it, and we need to find a way to cure it. And this whole economy is turning into a grift, and I'm fucking tired of it. We've got to find a new way forward. And uh, Victoria Vandenberg for president, 2024. Send me to Washington. I'll clear it out. All right. So that's all I'm going to talk about on politics today. I just wanted to go through my uh, complaints. Uh, so I, there is one last thing that I want to talk about. Someone from work the other day uh, came up to me, and just all of a sudden, you know how some every once in a while somebody just walks up to you and starts complaining about work and you know things going on, and you know where I work, there there are plenty of things to complain about, so I don't blame this person. Uh. But apparently this person had applied for a supervisor's job, which I, I got pissed about this because they're supposed to post when there's a supervisor's job available. And they didn't post it. So I didn't even know there was a supervisor's job available. So basically this person comes up to me and says that they turned him down on a supervisor job. And I was like, okay, well... That's fucked up. I didn't even know they were offering that. I would have applied for it. But the person, you know, I, I think, you know, in your life, you know, like, with this person, I was kind of like, you know, I knew exactly when he said they didn't choose him. He was mad about it. And I was like, well, I know why they didn't choose you. Like, I know the exactly why they didn't choose you. <laughs> like, if you call in sick every other day and you're always complaining and you're always hungover when you come into work, you're always tired and hungover when you come into work, 
you know, you don't really... And the weird thing about this person is this, this is actually a nice person. This is a nice person. They just kind of... I don't know what's going on. They might have something else going on in their life, I'm assuming. Probably relationship issues with the wife or whatever. I, I don't know. I'm assuming there's a lot more going on here. Okay, so... I, I'm not saying this is a bad person. I'm not saying this is... Because I don't believe this is a bad person. Uh, I'm not saying this is a, a horrible, you know, you know, th this is actually a good person. They just have issues, right? And that, you know, you need to recognize your human, the humanity in other people. So I don't want to make it out. It's just this person obviously is going through a lot, comes into work hungover every day. Sometimes they, they, they pop, might be drunk for all I know. Uh, and... Uh, they're always complaining and sick and um, you know they call in sick a lot they call in sick a lot so I'm like well that's why you didn't get the supervisor job but I don't know how to tell that to this person right I don't know how to like go to this person and go okay well, this is why you know and I was just, I tried to be nice. I was like, look, you know, I've got my problems at this location too. And that's why I'm moving to a different location is because it's a bigger location with more opportunity, more jobs available, more work, more money, uh, more resources. Uh, that's the reason I'm moving because this is a small plant that we work at. And I'm moving to a much bigger plant, like 10 times the size um, so there'll be more opportunity. There'll be more supervisor jobs that come available. There'll be more different kinds of stuff that come available to me. Uh, there'll be more overtime and chances for advancement in, in, in the agency. And that's the reason I'm moving. And, you know, I don't know how to tell that person this, but that's what I want to get to is, you know, and I need to do this with myself as well because I have a lot of personal problems as you hear every week on the podcasts. I have a lot of personal problems that I, I whine and bitch and everything else. But you honestly got to look at yourself in the mirror sometimes. And this is the advice of the week because I always try to leave off with some advice of the week because uh, I feel like I've just been doing the same advice every week for the past couple weeks. This is the, my advice of the week is look in the mirror, do a self-evaluation of yourself. Try to actually... You know, instead of bitching and whining and complaining, go, okay, oh, why did I not get that promotion? Why did I not get this? Or why am I not capable of this or that? You know, actually look in the mirror and go, okay, what are the reasons that they would have for me not to get that promotion? Well, do a self-evaluation. You know, like, are you calling in a lot? Do you come to work clean? Like you've had a shower? Or are you coming in like... You know, with your, you know, looking good. Do you come in with a positive attitude? Or are you, are you doing everything you need to do? Uh, do you come off as someone who could be a supervisor? You know, do do you keep, you know, like if you're out running your mouth and talking shit and you know stuff like that at work. And I'm not against talking shit. This, that's what this podcast is about: is talking shit. I'm just saying is sometimes. When you work at places, well, all times when you work at places, uh, you're going to have to put on a fake face. 
you're going to have to pretend to be someone else. If you, if if that's what you're trying to do. If you're trying to advance, you're going to have to keep your mouth shut. You're going to have to be friendly. You're going to try to accommodate people. You're going to try to work with people. Be a team player. You're going to show up to work. You're going to show up to work uh, having had a bath and you know a tucked-in shirt and maybe ironed clothes. You need to look like and talk like and act like a person that they would want to promote. And uh, that's my advice of the week is that, you know, talking shit and hanging out with friends and having fun is something you do outside of work. But when you're at work, you got to remember these people aren't your friends. These people aren't, uh, this isn't a place you just go to have fun. You know, a lot of people are quite quitting and stuff like this. And, you know, if, if you don't want to advance in your life, well, that's just fine. Be a quiet quitter. Do, you know, this is all about what you want to do in your life and where you want to go. And if you come in and you're doing stuff like quiet quitting, calling in, not giving it your all, and not, not, you have to make sure you have to evaluate how you're coming off to others you know if, if you're coming in projecting that you're you're capable you know you might not automatically get a job or a raise or a promotion by tucking in your shirt ironing your clothes taking a bath looking appropriate when you come in having a good attitude you know you you might not get that raise or get that promotion uh, but I guarantee you it would increase your chances of it that, that's my advice of the week is you got to put forth an effort and you got to self-evaluate and even if you don't agree with like a lot of the things in life that you know um, a lot of the cards you're dealt with in life you kind of just have to suck it up and deal with it and uh, and just push forward right so uh, that, that's my advice of the week I'm hoping this has been a good podcast um I'm going to try to do another one next week. Um, uh, I love you all. Uh, I look forward to podcasting about my incredible journey to the Midwest uh, in the future. Um, Everything's going great. Um, I hope everything's going great with y'all. Shout out to everyone who listens. Uh, Shout out to the people. I'd have to get pull up the RSS feed again to to go through like where all the listeners are at again uh you know we got a lot of people in the uk a lot of people in europe a lot of people in the states listening uh and i just i'm really i really do want to thank you for listening it means a lot to me this is my weekly therapy session where i just talk shit uh into the void into the ether and maybe somewhere somewhere someone is in a dark room listening and maybe they're maybe they're taking in what I'm saying and saying well he's full of shit on that but maybe he's right over here maybe he's right over there maybe she's right over there maybe he's right over there I don't know maybe they are right over there Uh, maybe I'm helping I don't know or am I just being toxic I don't know I'm hoping I'm helping so I'm trying to help. You know, sometimes on the podcast I might say a word or I might get out of line. I might do a joke that was in bad taste and it offended someone. I apologize for all that. We do like to 
have fun here on the podcast and we do like to uh, talk shit. But remember, talking shit's not for work. It's for after work. Uh, so, I love you all. Please keep listening. Tell your friends. Have a great week. Uh, looking forward to the future of podcasting from Indiana.